0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Life is short, but life is long. Have you ever felt kind of those two conflicting feelings Um, We were reminded from Scripture, especially what we see today, that life is short. But this Scripture will also remind us that life can be hard, and that's one of the things that make it feel long sometimes. And where do we turn in all of that? Well, we're going to see more of the problem and the solution of where we turn and when life seems short or when life seems hard or long or whatever it may be. And we're going to see that solution as we go back to Psalm 90 and look at verses 9 through 17. And as I mentioned yesterday, this is just one of my personal favorite Psalms, a uh, prayer of Moses It says, the man of God. And he started off by reflecting on God, that he has been our dwelling place in all generations. He has been God from everlasting to everlasting. But in by contrast, man is but dust. Um, We are like the grass of the field. And we talked yesterday how this psalm shows us that God is not only the opposite of our problems. He is the solution to our problems. And just as we think about that, we're going to see that more and more uh, today as we read through the rest of this psalm together. And I love to take some time and just focus on, on such a rich psalm today. It says, For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. And even as we think about that, we often see, oh yeah, 70, 80, that's about the average human lifespan. Well, when? Uh, It's the average human lifespan in modern America. Uh, For probably most of history, that was not the lifespan. And I think it's best to understand that sentence through uh, the lens of Moses. How old was Moses when he died? 120, not 70 or 80. He was 120. Um, And You know, his siblings lived much longer than 70 or 80 years. And you got to remember, he is uh, perhaps writing this in the wilderness where a whole generation is dying out in the wilderness as an act of judgment from God that they wandered for 40 years. So the whole generation of adults would die out and the next generation would go into the promised land. And so, It's very possible that he is writing this considering our lifespan is but 70 or 80. Man, look at these people, their lives being cut so short. That very well could have been his perspective. And verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? When we consider some of the futility of life and even just death, And which is a a judgment for sin, obviously not always specifically, you know, we die because of some specific sin, but we all die because all have sinned. And so to see that expression, to see that futility, you sense the grief of Moses here. But now the psalm will start to turn a bit as he looks to God again, not just the opposite of our problems, but the solution And in verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And we see there, having a sense that my life, it's not forever. And uh, however long it is, as I think more about just the temporary nature of my life, I'll get wisdom from that. And now the prayer really comes on, return, O Lord, How long? have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Now, you know, we've talked about how life is short in this Psalm. Now we see how it feels long. He's saying, how long And then for as many days as we have you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil. Man, maybe some of you are feeling that, man. Life is long, seems long and hard and evil. But where does he turn? He turns to God. He turns to the mercy of God, calling for him to have pity on his servants. And then I love verse 14, which we read. I'll read it again. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And here we get kind of, I feel like some Ecclesiastes vibes here, where life is hard. Life can feel meaningless at points, but we will find meaning, we will find satisfaction in the steadfast love of the Lord. So however long God gives us, we can rejoice and be glad in Him all our days. And then the last two verses really... Help us help remind us that our work is so, um, so transitory, transitory sometimes. What we do often does not last long, and we need God's help for it to be effective. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So if this Tuesday uh, you are feeling just life is short or you're feeling life is hard or life is long or man, why am I working so hard? What good is that going to do? Look to God, cry out to him. God, satisfy us with your love. Look to him and and say, God, I need your help. God, establish the work of your hands upon us. God, We, we need your help. So I hope Psalm 90 helps us to be honest about the difficulties of life, but to rise above that as we lift our eyes, going all the way back to verse one, to the God who has been our dwelling place in all generations. May we look uh, to him. Let's move on now to think more of just how God is the solution to our problems. Let's go to Philippians chapter three. In Philippians chapter 3, we're going to see some similar things that we've seen, especially in Galatians, where he starts talking about people even who talk of circumcision. And then Paul boasts about his, you know, I guess you could say his spiritual mem- or resume from a worldly perspective, or kind of from a the Jewish religious system. From its perspective, he's like, hey, my resume is pretty good. Starting in verse 5, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, a Pharisee, a persecutor of the church, blameless uh, to the righteousness of the law. But then in all that futile man-made effort, there's something better. Verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And you know, we think about life being hard or short or long or whatever it may be. Well, it's going to be worse than all those things if you think it's up to you to go out and earn your salvation or to be good enough or to fulfill enough of the rules. And again, here we see that God is the solution, specifically Jesus Christ. And he is worth, you know, whatever gain we had counted as loss for the sake of Christ that Christ gives us a righteousness that we could never earn. Christ gives us hope that we could never achieve. It is given to us through faith, a righteousness from God that depends on faith. Isn't that good? And, And isn't really... Not knowing Jesus specifically. We think of Moses saying, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. What better way is there to be satisfied in the morning with the steadfast love of God than reflecting on what he has done for us through Jesus Christ? That is a better way. That's where we can say that knowing him is better than anything else. We will not be able to be glad and rejoice all our days if we do not know Jesus Christ. That is the way to do it. And we see more of just the exalted nature of Christ as we turn now to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 43. And as we uh, look at these passages, we start by seeing the transfiguration, where they kind of see Jesus, uh, his appearance altered, transfigured, to kind of get a glimpse of his glory where his clothing became dazzling white and Moses and Elijah are there with him. And I think the most amazing thing to me in Luke's recording of it is what what the father says. A voice comes out of the cloud and says, "'This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him.'" What an exalted statement of Jesus Christ that we would all do well to listen to. That we would listen to this glorified Savior. That through faith we can know. Uh, What a great thing. And then we see the power of Christ as he casts out this demon that it seems his disciples were unable to cast out. And we see the rebuking words of Jesus in verse 41 where Jesus says, Oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Yeah, right? He calls them out really for a lack of faith. May we truly listen to Jesus as the Father commanded those disciples that were there at the transfiguration and find that he will be our hope. And again, we will not be satisfied in the morning with the steadfast love of God without understanding Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us. Well, finally, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 31 and 32. Now, we met our friend, or I should say our nemesis, uh, back in Kings of the Rabshakeh. Remember him who talked so much smack? Well, it doesn't refer specifically to the Rabshakeh or use that title, but we get back to the same story. Sennacherib uh, comes to invade Judah. And uh, he sends his messengers, and one of the, the, the kind of the mouthpiece there was the Rabshakeh, to try to intimidate those in Jerusalem. But one thing that we see here is what Hezekiah was saying to his men to prepare them for this. And we see that in chapter 32, verse 7. It says be strong and courageous do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him for there are more with us than with them with him is an arm of flesh but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles now those are statements again that get us pumped up but let's remember this was very hard situation that he was in when he said this and so even when we come across hard situations May we have that faith of Hezekiah to know that God is with us and he is the one that will help us and he is the one that will fight our battles. And may that be what helps us to be strong and courageous when we remember who God is, that we remember what we saw in Psalm 90, that he will, that he is our dwelling place and was before all generations. And so may we look to him no matter what is going on in our life. And when we cry out to him, God,